do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. Got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube realist. This show is like a journal of things. Things that my uh, self has consumed of the media variety, be it movie, TV, book, game, or internet thing. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility, because there may be spoilers. Consider this, if you will, a spoiler warning of sorts. I will now push a button that will start a series of five uh, five-minute timers, which I'm going to really try to stick to today, but we'll see, I guess. I say that every time. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Complex with Proximity Minds. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first is GoldenEye. Yes, yes, yes. We are following along with our at least, at least one James Bond movie a week. Uh, finally done the goddamn two Timothy Dalton ones, which I did not care for, and into uh, the Pierce Brosnan ones, which I do care for, as I did enjoy these because um, they sort of hit at the perfect age for me to enjoy them. Uh, for example, this one came out in, oh god, this will involve math, so there's no way I'll be able to do it. 1995, and I was born in 1981, you do the math. Um... Probably a lot of it had to do with GoldenEye, the video game, which I played the shit out of. A lot. A freakish amount. Every thing that could be done in that game, I did. I would have had my Platinum Trophy if those had have existed back then. Also, uh, the hours of a split screen playing that video game. We're not here to talk about the video game, but I'm looking at the cover of the movie... And it's like the exact same cover as of the video game, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, so it's bringing up the memories. The memories. James Bond teams up with the lone survivor of a destroyed Russian research center to stop... Something come up... Something, to stop the hijacking of a nuclear space weapon by a fellow agent formerly believed to be dead. Oh, well, you don't put a spoiler right in explaining the plot of the movie in your little blurb there. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, Rating-wise, 
Jeez, what do I go? Uh, I, I think I go like a solid four. Uh, I, I do enjoy this one, uh, and I do enjoy Pierce Brosnan's first uh, foray into James Bond, and I'm looking forward to uh, whatever the next one is, because I can't remember what it is. Moving on to The Last Laugh from 2016. This is a documentary. Uh, World-famous comedians, including Mel Brooks, Sarah Silverman, and Gilbert Gottfried, pitch in with their own views on the boundaries of comedy. Uh, Specifically, this sort of revolves around the comedy, such as it is, of the Holocaust. Uh, Yes, that's what this movie is about. The comedy of the Holocaust. And how uh, Jewish people in general, and even those who experienced it firsthand, uh, have a sense of humor or can have a sense of humor despite all the horrible things that they lived through or their families lived through, which is sort of a fascinating thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, gross. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's sort of a, a documentary on that subject. Uh, Rating-wise, I would go solid four or five out of five. Uh, fascinating, uh, dark, Uh, And then laughs, of course, as the title will suggest. So, uh, very, very good. Uh, Moving on to Justice League. Oh, yeah, I finally saw Justice League. Uh, It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, As I often will point out, I am a bad reviewer of things and that I like just about everything. So, uh, uh, yeah, I liked it. Four to five. Take that, people who don't like movies and yet review movies, you weirdos. Uh, do I really need to say anything about it? No, because I'm going to run out of time. Uh, moving on to Hour of the Gun from 1967. This is a, uh, Western, which, uh, I feel like I don't watch enough Westerns, because I always like them. Uh, stars James Gardner as, uh, Wyatt Earp. So it's a, a story that sort of revolves around, uh, Wyatt Earp and all that. Excuse me, I'm going to take a break and go blow my nose or something, because all of a sudden, very stuffed up pausing there's the pause button of oh. james garner who i enjoy uh, this is a wyatt earp story was that transition seamless i don't know oh i forgot to put the timer back on i it wasn't that good actually uh i think because i went in with higher expectations for some reason got like a two and a half yeah it didn't uh, didn't blow me away I, I think i like saw it on a list of really good uh western movies so uh, i don't know uh, last but not least, Punching Henry from 2016. Oh, this one was rough. Uh, hapless satirical songwriter Henry, Henry Phillips is lured to L.A. when a veteran TV producer decides to make a show about the life of a loser. He would be that loser. This is like the movie Falling Down. Uh, if instead of um, Michael Douglas sort of losing his shit eventually and... <clears throat> not le- not letting people uh, uh, push him around and boss him around and fuck him over. Uh, if he just continued to let that happen to him throughout the entire movie, it would be this. And it's uh, it's hard like you feel for this guy so much. Uh, rating wise, go like a solid four or five. Really enjoyed it. Uh, J.K. Simmons, need I say more? I can't because I'm out of time. <clears throat> Today's television talk sponsor is Non-Magic Suits. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to talk about the television show Suits, specifically season one and two. First thing I wanted to say, and I have no idea where this came from, but somehow, some way, I thought the TV show Suits was about one, if not two, guys who had magic suits that gave them <laughs> abilities to be good at doing lawyer stuff. <clears throat> That is not a joke. I, I literally did... I, I, like, you, you know Jackie Chan, the, the movie, the tuxedo, where he gets a tuxedo and it makes him like a spy or something? I thought this was something to do with, like, maybe not exactly like that, but something similar where the suits gave them <laughs> abilities to be good at being lawyers. It has nothing to do with that. They wear suits, yeah. I think every episode... The two uh, main dudes will be in suits at some point or another. They are lawyers. And uh, that's basically where my uh, theory of not knowing anything about it before watching it came from. Uh, cuts off, I mean. Yeah, suits. Okay, so decided to watch it because I uh, needed a new show and there were six seasons of this on Netflix. Period. Full stop. No, uh, actually, that's not being fair. Uh, my sister-in-law had mentioned a couple times that it was good. Uh, and I saw like maybe bits and pieces every once in a while, <laughs> obviously not enough to get a good judge of what it was about. Uh, and it seemed interesting and I can verify that it is. Yeah, it's a good, it, it reminds me of, maybe it's not as good though, as, uh, of house like that, uh, sort of like take out the people from the TV show house. Actually, you know, it's a lot like house now that I think about it. Uh, and then replace them with lawyers. So the house is better perhaps because it's got better people in it like Hugh Laurie versus these guys you know they're they're great they're comparable or not comparable but they're 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 pretty good uh and then the whole there's a lot more at least for me personally uh interest can develop over uh medical stuff than lawyery stuff um like uh lawyery movies is sort of a a genre that I've always avoided. Like, uh, A Few Good Men, a uh, very, very well-critiqued uh, movie, um, but I have never been a big fan of anything involving lawyers and law and stuff like that. It's it's just sort of been boring. But somehow, some way, and perhaps this is a extra sort of mark towards the show, uh, it's made it interesting, and I've sort of gotten hooked on it. It's, it's obviously more to do with the relationships of the... Uh, of the cast, who are, let's see, because I'm bad with names, uh, Gabriel Macht as Harvey Specter. He's sort of the hotshot lawyer type. Uh, Mike Ross, he's the young kid who's got a photographic memory, uh, so basically has remembered all law. <laughs> uh, that's where one of the sort of twists is. Uh, he does not actually have his law degree, despite knowing all law. Uh, so he's sort of there uh, illegally, I guess you would say, because you need all sorts of things to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick Hoffman as Lewis Litt. Oh, yeah, the, the dude you love to hate, uh, you could call him. Uh, but then there's the sort of underlying possibility of him sometimes kind of sort of kind of sort of being likable. But uh, that is sort of rarely peeking through his assholishness. Uh, Rachel Zane, oh, played by Meghan Markle, who is going to be the princess of England. That Meghan Markle, yeah, that, that's sort of an interesting. 
Uh, Sarah Rafferty plays Donna. Oh, yeah, she's uh, quite uh, something. Uh, and then, uh, last but not least, uh, Gina Torres, a.k.a. Jessica Pearson. Gina Torres, uh, I've never seen her in anything that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, you may recognize her from uh, Angel, the television show she was on. I believe it was the last season or the second last season. Uh, as well as, of course, Firefly. Yes, that Gina Torres. Uh, she really want to get her autograph on uh, Nerd Kane. Maybe that'll happen one day. Uh, Suits season one and two. Give like a like a solid four out of five. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Definitely going on. Today's book banter sponsor is the Kursra Spoiled Princess Training Facility. Thank you for that sponsorship. Sponsorship of this book banter in which we are speaking star of Kursra. C-U-R-S-R-A-H. Pronounce it how you will. Uh, by Clayton Emery, which is book number three of the Lost Empires series. Mm, series is, I don't know if the right word, uh, a, com a combination. Uh, 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 four books that are combined in a theme that take place in the same world of the Forgotten Realms, which is, of course, where all the D&D &D type sh stuff happens. Um, so far, I think I gave the first book of the series like a five. Second one I didn't care for quite as much, uh, and this one is maybe in between, and uh, I'll give a little spoiler of the last one. I think it's been my favorite so far. So, uh, rating-wise, go like a solid three or four, some, some cool four moments. Uh, it does something that's been done before, I think, in fantasy I've read, or in other books I've read, where you're jumping back and forth between the uh, future and the or the present and the past. So that's sort of a cool idea. Uh, an added little twist of that, which has been done before, is that the main uh, girl from the future and the past sort of share a link of uh, magic, sort of genealogy, sort of. But there is a link between them of more than just... Uh, we're seeing both of their stories. So, so, so that's kind of cool. In fact, uh, without giving too much away, uh, at one point they do meet. And this is kind of cool because it's a past and future of like thousands of years. Uh, but, you know, magic. Okay. Let me read the Goodreads. It might tell us something. Uh, Lurking in the ruins is a horrific tale of greed, power, and revenge. The protector crawls forth, the shade of a dead city whose rulers refuse to die, and young champions in two distant epochs learn of a dreadful destiny they cannot escape, and a deadly threat to all they hold dear. The Lost Civilization Empire series uncovers the secrets of the ancient civilization of the Forgotten Realms world. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we didn't really need that last part, but it was in the description, so I read it. Uh, yeah, so uh, a very, very strong sort of Egyptian feel. Uh, perhaps it's just I was feeling that because of mummies and desert. Uh, yeah, you know what? You don't get in fantasy... I was going to say you don't get desert scenes very often, but uh, yeah, you kind of do. Uh, but uh, mummies, not so much. Uh, 
I remember in the last uh, game of D&D that I played came came against a mummy who killed one of the people I was playing with. So mummies are serious business in D&D. Something I loved of this was they sort of explained the process of... Uh, turning someone into a mummy, and I'm not talking a ancient Egypt actual mummy. I'm talking a D and D coming back to life. Why are they so strong? Oh my God, I'm dead type mummy. Uh, uh, so that was kind of cool, like the magic involved and and why they are strong through the sort of processes they use. So, so that was kind of cool. Um, Story wise, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you are dealing with two women who are. The main characters, one's a princess, and she's not very likable. But you know what? That was sort of my complaint of the last book as well, that the characters, the main characters, weren't very likable. I, I, I don't necessarily need a likable character, I don't think, but after reading these two books, uh, like the last one, I can't remember why I didn't find him likable. But, it, but in this one, it's obvious, because she's like a princess who expects everything to go her way, and basically dooms her entire civilization to uh, death through just being not very empathetic and uh, just wanting to do what she wants to do when she wants to do it, despite her actions having uh, consequences that sort of molds the shape of her civilization. So, there's that. Still, it was a good read. Try it. Why not? I don't know. Today's game, Gavin sponsor is the Yuri Knife Emporium. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I played a game called Doki Doki Literature Club. This game has been played by a lot of people. People who review video games for a living. People who play video games online for a living. This game has sort of exploded into the popular culture of video game people, so I thought, hey... It's cheap on Steam during a sale that I bought it on months ago. Why don't I finally goddamn play it? And uh, (laughs) first and foremost, uh, this game is sort of famous for being, at the start, a certain type of game. Um, A a visual novel, I guess you would call it. A a Japanese-style visual novel with sort of dating sim light-esque elements. Uh, not a, typically not the type of game I would play. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure if I've ever played a game like that. Um, but, but really one that I would uh, not pick up having said those words that I just said. Not up my alley, let's say. So, uh, hearing that this game sort of has a point in it where suddenly it gets, for lack of a better word, fucked up. Uh, is the reason I decided to play it, uh, plus all the positive reviews of people like myself who would never play a game like I had just described, uh, but then reaching this sort of crazy point where the game changes to something unlike anything I've played before, I can definitely verify. Uh, Okay, so that's a sort of double-edged sword, I think. Uh, I wish... I went into. Uh, I wish I was the type of person who would play that 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 game, the the uh, visual novel, Japanese style dating sim type game. I, I wish I would play that, and then just sort of stumbled upon this, but not know. Oh, cops! 
they hear me talking about it. Uh, not knowing what was going to happen in the game. Because then my mind would have been truly just shattered, I think. However, uh, the double-edged sword comes with the fact that I wouldn't have played that game. Uh, I only played that this game knowing that at some point something was going to happen that I was going to find uh, mind-blowing, for lack of a better term. And it did happen. Uh, I will say that it did happen after a long time. Like, oh God, was it an hour? It, it, it felt like a long time. Like, the time of me waiting for what happened in this game that changed it from a boring game to an interesting game... Like, I will be 100% honest with you and say, it was getting rid right to the point, like, I was starting to say, you know what, I don't care what happens or how crazy it is. This is boring as hell. Uh, I don't know how much I can give. Yeah, let's, I warn up spoilers. Okay, so you reach a point where one of the four girls that you're sort of interacting with uh, kills herself. That's fucked up right there. Um... Then it's sort of, even from there, it takes a, a darker, not necessarily darker, but definitely stranger turn, where uh, another one of the girls kills themselves in a, in a very, very gory fashion. Um, there's the, oh, You know what I should mention at this point? There's different ways these sort of things can play out. Uh, the way I had it play out was um, the one who is, you think, potentially suicidal, she killed herself first. The one who... Uh, you think is a little off just in terms of how much she desires to be with you. She killed herself second. Uh, and then there's a third one who never really, I never really had an interaction with her. And then there's the, we'll call her the main girl, who turns out to be the program itself. What the fuck? So literally the, the programming behind the game is the one who is causing the other girls to kill themselves. And just to underline, before we're out of time, the craziest part of this game uh, for me is that it reached a point where one of the characters had taken over the game and we were just sitting together in a room because she loved me so much and didn't want to be apart. Uh, she sort of hinted, uh, and I did catch it, but didn't do anything about it at first. Sorry, I'm going to pause. Uh, I, I didn't do anything about it at first because I thought maybe it was like a joke or something. Um, she, she sort of hinted at uh, about going into the files of the game on my computer and deleting people. Um, so, so like I did pick up on that, but I didn't at first know what I was supposed to do. Uh, and, and then it's like 10 minutes have passed and we're just sort of sitting in this room and she's saying weird things and we're staring at each other. And then eventually I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Was that hint actual a real thing I should do in real life? And I, I will admit, I didn't just go do it for the sake of potentially fucking up my game. Because uh, if, if you know anything of PC video gamings, if you go into the files of the game on your computer and move things around or delete things, you can fuck up your game. Uh, so I did go online and then find out, uh, yes, yes, this is what you're supposed to do. So... Uh, I went into one of the game files on my uh, computer in real life and deleted this character's profile from the game, which then was part of the story uh, in the game I was playing. That's fucked up. That's uh, I've never seen anything like that before, and I didn't think anything like that would be possible. So pretty crazy right there. Uh, for that reason alone, give this experience... 
a five out of five once it turns before it does it's just mind-numbing i don't know how people play those kinds of games so from a one to a five we'll say how about that Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Dots Diner. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first from the internet is something titled Exposed Liberation, the Vera Bambi story. Yes, that Vera Bambi, the one that I have spoken of innumerable times on this podcast and said very nice things about, both for the reason that I have met her a couple times and she's incredibly nice, and the fact that the things she puts on the internet are always interesting, uh, to say the least. To say the least. Uh, this one was... Oh, shit, I forgot to... Oh, oh, no, look at this. I actually made a note. I never make notes. Uh, produced by Nova Petra and directed by Lake Okani. Uh, it's like a... I think it was like 20-ish minutes uh, documentary on YouTube uh, of Vera Bambi talking how she got where she is today. I guess if you really wanted to boil it down. Uh, talking about how she sort of started in the biz of uh, being a cam girl, how that uh, traditioned into cosplay, which is where I sort of knew her from and got to meet her. Uh, and just sort of a fascinating story of a, of a young woman who uh, had seemingly a rough time in high school, like a lot of young women do, um, and then eventually turned those trials and tribulations around into a, a life where she's happy living, uh, doing what she wants to do when she wants to do it, how she wants to do it, with who she wants to do it, and just really, like, happy because of those factors. Yes. Hey, let's call it that. You know what? Uh, the life of a cam girl, that's something that's sort of fascinating to me and i'm wondering if there's any like docs on that out there as well like this one was very specific to vera bambi but uh sort of an interesting subject like i always watch those uh after porn ends or uh, confessions of a call girl the mrs and i will sometimes watch those as well they're it's sort of an interesting just thing period full stop moving on to the legend of zorba zorba what the fuck is a zorba uh, oh yeah, this was by Vsauce2. It was like the first quote-unquote portable, even though it weighed 20-some-odd pounds, uh, computer. Uh, it ran on some weird, like, pre-DOS system. Uh, it had Zork, which was a text adventure, which if you know anything of text adventures, you potentially at least have heard of Zork. Uh, I actually tried it out because you can play, just Google uh, play Zork online and you can actually play a uh, version of it. Uh, yeah, so just another sort of cool little YouTube doc. Uh, highly, highly recommend that as well. Vsauce 2, very, very nice. Moving on to the Reboot Reboot. Yes, they're going to reboot my precious first uh, computer-generated television show made in Canada love television show Reboot. Fucking love that show. Uh, I have it on DVD. Um, seeing this trailer made me want to re-watch it. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, it's hard to explain, so I won't, but I will say what they're doing with 
the reboot of reboot is turning a 100% completely computer generated television program and making it uh, both that with uh, mostly live action from what the uh, trailer shows and that horrifies me uh, as someone who is a little different on the internet and in that reboots and remakes of old things I usually don't care it's not like they're taking away the old version of what you love like uh, I, I don't care do you whatever uh, this is the first time where I've seen someone plan to reboot something and just been like sickened by it so uh, please don't do this to reboot it should not be live action uh, you know what I think it was uh, the show sort of left with a cliffhanger uh, or at the very least potential to come back and sort of explore that and that's not what they're gonna do so it is ruining the potential of that happening with this yeah maybe, maybe that's why I'm having that feeling uh, reboot reboot unrebooted uh, not another deep indie podcast is a new podcast I started listening to it is from uh, the good people over at headgum it stars uh, Jake Hurwitz of Jake and Amir, you might recognize that name because I've been talking of Jake and Amir on this podcast since 2012. Uh, it's got, uh, oh shit, you know what, I even opened a tab with the people who are on it, I think. Um, Murph, who you might, oh, you might also recognize from uh, uh, College Humor Days, his wife Emily. Um, you got Jake, of course. And Mirth campaign, Emily and Jake. Who am I getting? We got Emily, Jake, Murph, and who's the other guy? Uh, is it Tussle, Beverly? Oh yeah, what's his? What's the guy who does the? Uh, 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 Caldwell Tanner. Sorry, Caldwell Tanner. It took me a sec to find that name. It's literally right at the top. I was like looking in the body. Sorry, Caldwell. I apologize. I enjoy your character very much. Your character, Beverly Togold. Beverly Togold, the fifth halfling boy scout. Okay, let me read the uh, their description I got here. I bet you it's funny. Uh, DM, Dungeon Master, Murph briefly talks about... Oh, this is the description of the first episode. Briefly talks about the setting for the campaign. Uh, then joins Emily, Jake, and Caldwell to chat about their characters. Get to know Moonshine Sibin, a backwoods elf druid who had to leave her home the old crick because something ain't right oh wow you know what i read the other things well but this giving me trouble it is marvel at the <laughs> at the at the athletic marvel at the athletic prowess of hard one surefoot a human fighter raised by dwarves in a dwarfenage <laughs> orphanage tussle the hair of beverly togold the fifth a halfling boy scout and member of the green teen junior paladin association uh i i didn't do that justice not at all you heard me read the read the other DD thing about the book right like i think i did that well i don't know i didn't do that anyways so uh we've got a, a druid uh, played by Emily, and she went with like a spore druid, where was something I was sort of looking into, where it's like mushrooms and stuff. 
Um, Hardwind Surefoot, uh, the fighter. Uh, it's Jake's first time playing uh, D&D, so starting with a fighter uh, and your first time ever playing, probably a smart move. Uh, and then a uh, Junior Paladin, uh, cool idea there as well. I like it, and I'm three or four episodes in, gotta say, really, really digging it. It does what I love of D&D podcasts like um the adventure zone and nerd poker and that is uh not 100% D&D 100% of the time it's going to be some joking around uh interspersed which is just what you need I do find uh last but not least speaking of the adventure zone uh we're out of time so I don't have time to get into it but uh for the second time ever I have started a podcast podcast from the very beginning and uh, re-listened to every episode. I did it once with Nerd Poker and I am done it again with the Adventure Zone. I just, like days ago, finished re-listening to the uh, Balance Arc. No, what's it called? Was it the Balance Arc? Is that what I'm calling mine? <laughs> Anyways, uh, the, the first 69 episodes up top. Uh, and I gotta say, bears a re-listening. You'll, you'll, uh, little things that sort of you'll see at the beginning that you know pay off at the end will sort of pop out at you. And I gotta say, uh, so, 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 so glad that I re-listened to it. Uh, the Adventure Zone. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, I envy you. If you've already listened to it once, go back. Uh, it deserves it. And, um, you know, maybe re-listen to all my episodes as well, right? There's only 441 plus of them, you maniac. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> this is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper